Hi. Hello. Um, welcome to this week's episode of our podcast. I think we're going to rename it from Tropical Dawn Podcast to Sailing Tropical Dawn. Yeah. Because it makes more sense for people searching... Uh, sailing Podcast. Yeah. Okay, I was looking at Sailing Podcasts and uh, on a podcast app. And there was one that showed up that had one seven-minute episode from two years ago. And that showed up, and ours, which we've been doing like weekly one-hour podcasts, didn't show up. So I think we need to work a little bit on our yeah. marketing stuff. Well, it's because I searched for sailing. And, yeah, and I know, but it, yeah. people aren't going to... Apart from mm. the people who we've been mainly making it for as friends yeah. and family, but we want to branch out a bit. Mm. Uh, so that's the new name. Um, so yeah. what are we going to talk about this week? So today we wanted to talk uh, or share a little bit about what we thought this lifestyle or sailing would be like versus the reality of it. Yes. Yeah. So, you want me to start with that? Yeah, I guess it's, I guess just to come back to what the whole idea of this podcast is, it's like, well, for one, it's to share our um, experience with, with the people we know who have been keeping up, date, up to date on WhatsApp, but it's easier to just make a long podcast episode instead of just making voice notes or telling everyone individually which is still nice to do it's still nice to catch up um but yeah i, I, I guess it's it's a thing like and we wanted to do it now that it's still all fresh because i think a lot of the especially the youtube channels but i think also maybe some of the podcasts are people who've been doing it for such a long time that you kind of forget what what all the things are that you figured out in the beginning um yeah, sorry. Mm. I just yeah. Um, so that's our goal. Um, on that note, if you like our podcast, if you're one of our friends and family, or uh, please feel free to share it with anyone you think would be interested. Or um, yeah, leave some comments. Or if you're listening to it in your Apple Podcast or whatever podcast platform, give us some stars or some likes, so more people can find it. Um, we've got a few uh, hardcore fans. Well, one mainly, <laughs> your mom, who's been commenting on every every yeah. of those. So, Alison, thank you, <laughs> our number one <laughs> podcast fan. We'll, we won't forget. Once we're famous and like have millions of followers, you'll always be the number one. The number one. <laughs> okay, you, you, but let's let's get started on what we actually want to talk about yeah um so a few years ago um i was talking to a friend i was single at the time and i was saying you know i just i'd like to meet like somebody who has a sailboat and like go travel the world like that that just sounds like the best and she responded with like oh okay well if you want to do that like if you want to meet someone and like find this way of life then you're gonna have to start hanging out at yacht clubs and like you'll have to dress appropriately and and like be amongst the yachties. And I was like, no, no thanks. <laughs> that doesn't sound. That's like that was for me completely separate to the like hanging, being a yachty or hanging out a yacht club did not like quite compute for me as what I wanted from a sailing lifestyle or from sailing. Mm. So um, it was funny because uh, that was before Demi and I even met, and mm. uh, like. We, that story only came out like uh, a, 
once we were once actually we're planning to buy a boat, yeah. we were actually on our way that you remembered this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there were some ideas that I had about what it would mean to be a, a sailor. Um, and one of the things that I thought is that I'm going to have to hang out with all these snobby people. These, like, <laughs> people that were that thought that they were in a different league, let's, let's just say. Uh, I thought I'd have to wear sparkly white sh uh, shirts and shorts or any clothing that had blue and white stripes. Your <laughs> classic marine yeah. look, if you look up, yeah. But not only, I suppose it doesn't have to be blue, it can also be blue and, and red, right? But blue, red and white stripes, like, yeah. Usually horizontal, blue and white yeah. stripes, it's like, it reminds me of like, if you see like a... Uh, Especially back in the days, like in the maybe 40s and 50s, where parents, I would assume moms, dress up their kids, kids <laughs> yeah. in a marine outfit and they'd have little a little, little sailor cap yeah. and a scarf. white and the scarf and the yeah. white and blue uh, shirt. shirt and uh, yeah. 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 Um, and I thought, like, because I was very new to sailing and boating, and I was like, oh, man, you know, there's always people around. They'll just like help us out. They'll they'll come and uh, like show us how to do things if we get stuck. Um, and yeah, I thought this, was this before when we were actually planning to go sailing, or was that like back in the beginning? No, it was probably like around. Well, it was in the beginning, but even as we were leading up mm. to buying our first boat, I was like mm. still feeling like this was going as how it was going to be. Mm. Um, and I thought it would just be like a, a bunch of men. <laughs> um, like hanging around the yacht club, uh, and then as and then like their sidekick wives, but not like team, not like a team of husband and wife, but like the men and their wives. <laughs> More like a, a biker gag. <laughs> yeah, I so. No, I mean, if you explain it like that, like hanging out at the bar, <laughs> yeah. the guys doing all the talking, and the wives kind of being sidekicks. I mean, we we started rewatching uh, Sons of Eric a while ago. <laughs> Which I think is pretty accurate from what I've heard. I've never been in a biker gang. Yeah. So it's like, actually, maybe <laughs> sailor clubs, different um, <laughs> strata of, of, of uh, different class of people, but like kind of, <laughs> it's like it's, maybe it's a rich man's uh, biker gang. <laughs> um, and yeah, should I continue? It's yes, like, yes, please. Okay, so then what I found, sorry, I made some notes. That's why <laughs> it's, it's not coming off. Like just off my tongue um, was that most people are just really down to earth and just getting on with it getting on with what they're doing on their boats and the lives that they're living um, that your working clothes are quite okay your, mm. your boat working clothes are quite okay uh, yeah, because I you're think... always fixing your boat and actually all of our clothes have basically become boating clothes now right well there's some clothes we try to the thing is I try to keep some clothes for like clean clothes but what happens you're on the boat and it's like oh this needs to happen and like you start just start doing it and you don't change clothes because yeah and then those become your working clothes yeah because so they we, get paint on it and they get holes in them and i think it's about 50 50 on like clothes that are looking less than hmm. uh, yeah but on the other hand i, I mean the, the the pants i'm wearing now are like just these um sweatpants they are actually navy blue coincidentally but they've got holes in it and like stains and it's like actually these are the most comfortable yeah. pants and also they're already a bit dirty so I don't actually mind them getting dirty and sometimes especially in the mornings it's cold 
So I was like, well, actually, hmm. these are probably my best Baltic clothes that I have. I put these tracksy pants on this today and I was like, damn, these are so comfortable. <laughs> like, mm. I don't know, why have I not worn these more? But look at them. I was looking at them earlier. Like, they've got, like, oil stains on yeah. them and whatever. But Yeah. I mean, so I got the same with yeah. some of the t-shirts. Like, most of it, any t-shirt that I was wearing when we were doing oil change, obviously, is full of oil now. I was yeah. like, okay, well. And I think that was... on on the previous boat when we weren't living on the boat mm. so you basically would come to the boats don't know what you're gonna be doing that day and then it's like oh actually we need to change the oil mm. and then those that t-shirt became the oil stained t-shirt <laughs> so since then i've been trying to be a bit more conscious of it but yeah most of your body most body clothes are not uh, white blue striped um, clean white yeah clean sparkly yeah yeah um, sorry, I, was, I had a, a thought there, but I've lost it. Um, that's the people who don't look like they are, that they're, they're not dressed in these warm yeah, work, clothes. work clothes when they're on their boats. They're probably not spending much time on their boat or at least not working on the boats themselves. Um, and then we also were joking because like there's people, there's people who are yachties or who hang out at the yacht club. Who sail, and then there's those who just like hang out at the bar. <laughs> yeah, and we haven't we haven't yeah. met that many of the bar kind, but I think it's like, well, from also hearing, reading, and 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 uh, hearing stories from other people, I think that is like a yacht club is also it is a very, pretty much a pub. I mean, there's always a bar, and some yeah. people are spend more time on the at the bar than on the water. I mean, I think that, like uh, I met uh, Dan, uh, Danny. Um, mm. I, I met her, and she was she was already uh, yachty so, like ages was, ago. Before uh, I even like before mm, I, yeah, I, I knew that this would happen. She's a very sailor. She sailed with us a few times on the yeah. previous boat, and I was uh, actually she like yeah. Anyway, I can get into that yeah. one. But like yeah, I was very impressed with her sailing experience, and I didn't. I mean, I'd known her because mm. she's a friend of yours, but I didn't know if she was so experienced as a sailor. But the thing is, I remember she said that like there's a huge drinking. Um, mm. uh, how would part you say? Yeah, so there's a huge drinking aspect to mm. sailing. Like it's part of the, mm. the community. Like it's part of yeah. what, what they do. Um, which is interesting for us because we don't. But well, when we started yeah. getting into sailing, we actually had stopped drinking. We actually mm. just were teetotalers. Yeah. To use that word, uh, it's funny because you. You're reading the um, the Narnia book about, oh, yes. which is about boats, and the, yeah. the, in the first page they talk about teetotalers. <laughs> like that's how I mean, I'm vegetarians and yeah. What do they call them? They call them like uh, sorry. Yeah. Continue your thought, and then I'll yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's like well, that does sound like us. Um, they were the very up to date and advanced people. <laughs> it says in this book, they were vegetarians, non-smokers, and teetotalers, and wore a special kind of underclothes. Well, I sometimes <laughs> wear special kinds of underclothes when I'm doing a night watch and I want to stay warm. So actually, most of those things are, are us. So I guess we're up to date. Up to, well, I guess so. Um, what, was the, what was the point? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The no, drinking. the drinking. Yeah. The drinking part. It's it's quite interesting because... Um, I mean, we'll talk, I'll talk a little bit about Royal Cape Yacht Club because that's, I mean, that's kind of my... The idea I had about that 
that club and like it's I guess yacht clubs in general and then the actual reality of it but like on Wednesday they always do a race which is open to anyone to participate in and like the drinking at the bar afterwards is like kind of the the main part of it and the one mm. cruising rally we did with them was also like most of the time you spend is actually at the bar which kind of makes sense because if you're sailing if you're doing a group activity like going on a cruise with different boats like together or racing you're all in your own boat so the only way to socialize is at the bar so it kind of makes sense but it's also like totally not not our vibe i suppose i also like i was just like reflecting now that we were talking about it like i felt a bit uncomfortable last week because um there's a, a new boat here yeah, um, right next to us right next to us and um they, we were chatting to them and they said something like because you know we we did drag our anchor recently in the last episode. Just just I mean that that's why we were back here and <laughs> on the there jetty, and, yeah. and on the jetty and I think they arrived just At, like after, a day or so after, after us. So um, and we were they, sharing stories. Yeah. Yeah, they also had a similar experience, but they said that everything was resolved after a couple of shots of tequila. Mm-hmm. And so like and then we were invited to. Um, to show for some drinks and I was just like oh yeah, that, that part <laughs> this, this of could the be like lifestyle. a bit awkward and I don't know we didn't end up going um, mostly because we were tired we were not tired because, and yeah. we didn't feel like I mean we could have just gone and not drank alcohol or the other yeah. yacht yachties we I did actually uh, spend some time with and we went for drinks on their boats yeah. um, there I actually we actually ended up drinking a few I mean we've, we've like so yeah when we started sailing we were like like I'd had enough of drinking and actually both of us were in the same like mind mind space of like alcohol is like not necessary and we actually decided not to drink alcohol at all and we didn't drink alcohol for I don't know like three four years only recently like have we've like once in a while drink one glass yeah like a beer shandy or a beer yeah or maybe a glass of wine or or instead of a non-alcoholic beer a regular beer and actually with them because they were French and you had um, the pastis, which is like, yeah, typically French drink. I did have, actually, I did two drinks. Like, I was surprised I wasn't actually drunk, but yeah. So, I, I guess my point is like, it is possible to socialize with people without drinking, or if, if, I mean, right now we're in this mindset where, like, actually, if we feel like drinking, then we might have a drink with less teetotaler. And also less vegetarian. Come to think of it, <laughs> I was thinking this morning, like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go like, stop eating meats. I'm gonna do this raw diet, and I'm gonna just like, yeah. just completely change how I'm eating. I mean, I, I saw. Sorry, I know we're going on a completely different tangent. Which is all our podcast, but uh, anyway. <laughs> but like they, we like they've recently like um, saw two articles. One it was about um, octopuses oh, yeah, being farmed, farmed in. Spain? I think in either Portugal. Tenerife yeah. or, or the Azores, one of the islands, which is actually uh, it was quite a com- it was like Europe, it was Spain or something. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, the, one of the, the islands, islands of Spain. Uh, okay. Yeah, which is like uh, quite, I mean, like a stop for a lot of yachties. Anyway, the, the article was mainly how any biologist who's, who've worked or studied octopi, octopuses, um, said it's like terrible because they're solitary and like it's. it's even if and highly intelligent. Yeah, highly so, intelligent. Because yeah. uh, the thing is, um, until now they weren't be able to keep them, farm them like on larger scale, because of this. And somehow, this company now has found a way to do it. But it's like that sounds like you're putting these animals into really 
like yeah like like uh, something which is really bad for them and and yeah they'll they'll suffer another article that i saw i didn't really read it i just saw the headline that they're soon gonna make um it illegal to cook uh lobsters to put them in hot water or cook mm. them, boil them alive because it's been scientists have found that they do suffer suffer and it's like well obviously <laughs> like, obviously suffer. Yeah. like yeah. anyway i guess it's uh, i mean it's interesting because we're thinking all these things as we're actually eating yeah, meat and seafood again yeah uh, which was a, a conscious decision when we left because it's like we're gonna go to all these places which are like either islands or by the sea like if we want to really experience some of the local foods yeah if we only eat vegetarian then it's oh uh, but uh, I think but now we've gone to the extreme, uh, where yeah. we actually eat it way more than we feel comfortable with. Plus, yeah, I mean, what's in our bodies, mm. what's healthy for us, and also just um, ethically, I guess, just feeling bad about we're doing that. Anyway, yeah. we were talking about uh, yes, we were talking <laughs> about, about something else. <laughs> and another thing uh, that we were chatting about was um, we mentioned it like just before that. Um, there's the people who sail and the people who sit at the bar. Mm. And often the people, among sailors as a whole, there's a wide variety of advice that you'll can mm. that you get if you ask for it. Oh, sometimes or sometimes if you don't ask for it. For it. <laughs> Although we haven't been given unsolicited advice in a long time now. No. Well, again, because I think it's mainly the people who sail the least who give the most of that advice. Yeah. And I guess the environment we're in now is mainly where people actually are sailing. And I, I've noticed ex exactly that, like the people who've got the most experience, they will share, they will, sh they will give you advice, but it sounds far, like they're far less adamant in telling you what to do than people who, who have an idea of what sailing is, but actually might have, I mean, might have stepped on a sailboat, like been on a sailboat once. No, I mean, probably more than that, but like we've got lo far less experience. But also what we found in the beginning and, and which really was a big lesson is that you'll get varying mm. advice depending on who you uh, ask. And totally contradictory yeah. advice, like yeah. very, like people who actually do know what they're talking about or in our eyes do because they've been sailing for a long time, they got a lot of experience. They'll say, they'll give you advice and someone will give you the complete opposite advice, mm. which I think is just... I mean, now that we're sailing ourselves and actually it started to make sense, it's like, yeah, because people have an idea of what worked for them and like, mm. it's not like they're, they're trying to, they're, they're giving you bad advice on purpose or no, they're like, they are trying yeah. to help you. But the thing is, every sailboat is different. Every sailor is different. Every environment where you mm. sail is different. And even if you sail on the same place in the same conditions it's like never the same so you have to yeah but also you have to make your own the, it's yeah, good to get the advice and then just make your own decision yeah. but I, I, yeah. I guess it's also the, the part what i've noticed like once you do make a decision you can't really like the way the boat we chose and how we've outfitted it there's like there could have been we could have done it completely different different type of boat different sails different anchor different skill yeah, yeah i mean yeah but yeah. we chose this and i guess also you chose it for a reason but then you have to also be confident that you made the right choice because if you're in the middle of like uh, a bad situation and now you're starting to doubt if you made the right choice it's too late to change anyway so mm. i guess you have to be sure of what you you chose and i, I you know i think that's probably become more like a bigger thing for us like 
because you know that you can you basically you have to be able to trust your boat and so like you have to be able to um, take responsibility for your decisions and so mm. that means like taking what other people say with a pinch of salt mm. and applying what you think is valid mm. yeah. i mean even silly things like uh, this last week uh, we've been sanding down and painting our uh, what do you call it the wood yeah, the, there's a strip, strip. strip of wood on the edge of the boat, which is usually when you switch another boat like yeah. we did when we dragged anchor, <laughs> which we talked about a few episodes ago. Uh, calamities slash uh, staying put, uh, if you want to hear that story. Uh, that's the part that hit the other boat, which is like kind of why it's a wooden strip, because it's like meant to like kind of take the impact, which obviously yeah. it's not always going to work that way. But that, I think it's but called a rubbing strip. Yeah. But what I was uh, wanting to say is that um, this rubbing strip or rub wood strip mm. needed some love needed some maintenance it was quite worn by the weather um and so we've seen some people especially in hot bay there's a lot of uh, fishing boats there so you can ex you can watch how other people attend to the yeah, wood on yeah. their boats because they're the, the, especially the jetty where the the marina is yeah. where the uh, sailboats are is the jetty where all the they do all the work on the, mm. the boats so they always painting and and sanding fiberglassing whatever like yeah. uh, welding yeah but so so i did when we were there because i knew this job had to be done um, i did ask like one of the guys what he was using but obviously didn't take any notes <laughs> um but I, I was like aware that it was like anyway i'm not going to go into a long story but we we kind of made a decision to do it a certain way and so it's like a very conscious be like okay we're not really sure this is going to work but we're going to give it a go, and if we fail, we're yeah, going to have to just redo it again. And we've learned something. Yeah, we've learned something, and I think that's like definitely the like the attitude to have. Not necessarily like being willing to fail, but like just being like open to, okay, like yeah. we learn through messing up a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. I guess the thing is, we, I mean, one reason is that we've been here in, in uh, Walvis Bay where we're recording this. We're not about in Walvis Bay. Also, by the way, if you hear like banging and stuff, that's our mast and our rigging that's the boat's sounds <laughs> and the wind's also picking up now, yeah. yeah um but yeah we actually finally have gotten around to doing a lot of work which i mean we've been living on the boat for almost a year now it's like in in a month's time it'll be a year like all these things which we were knew we had to do it's funny that we're only now getting around to doing them and mm. i think part of it is that we also maybe are finally realizing that like I mean, we kind of know what we're doing, but also like if we do it wrong, it's not the end of the world. It's better to do something and do it wrong and then learn how to do it right than not doing it. Because that's the thing with boats, like you have to maintain them constantly, constantly, especially yeah. wood on the boat, but any part of the boat. Like if you, if you just let it rust, go, rust yeah. like uh, the fiberglass, like whole, like yeah, just things things break or things get worn down or worn out and if you don't stay on top of it it just your boat is gonna deteriorate mm. uh, steadily I think I must I must say like that's something that's kicked in for me while we've been here in Belvis Bay because we've been here for two months now it's like something has kicked in me in that I'm like okay like you have to do something on the boat every day <laughs> oh yeah yeah even yeah. if it's something small like make some improvement yeah. or like yeah. whatever if it's whether it's inside drilling if few holes and putting some bungee cords yeah. to keep something in its place or yeah like Kay was saying like varnishing or painting or sanding down 
and it, it feels really like I feel no. I feel bad in the days when when I haven't done something on the boat. Like I feel like I haven't accomplished anything. Uh, yeah. I do feel like we we've, we've also man we're managing to do more things because I think we also. I think before, I, I, at least for me, like I was getting into this thing, this feeling like, oh, there's a million yeah. things we need to do, and like, <laughs> and it led to procrastination because, like, mm. I would just would like wouldn't even know where to start, and now yeah. it's just like, okay, let's just start. With, maybe it's not the most important thing, but it is something that needs to be done. So let's just start with that. I think it also comes from like a a, a state of fear of unknowing. Like, mm. like I'm too. Afraid that I'm gonna mess it up, so I'll, mm. I'll just like procrastinate or just get yeah. into like completely overwhelmed state where all of these things need to happen, but I'm not tackling even one thing because mm. at least that's what for me. Like, yeah, it's the same. Like for even me, with yeah. our engine. Like yeah. Well, you've been doing a lot of engine. Yeah. You, you did a full oil oil change mm -hmm. the other day. Um, yeah. And like that for me is so nice because <laughs> like even though I don't know what I'm doing and like uh, I have to bounce a lot of off dummy and like we have to refer to the manual and stuff it just feels like really nice to know the boat yeah. like a little bit better um yeah hey? yeah definitely yeah I, I must say like my affection for the space is increasing for our boat, you mean? yeah for for our home yeah, yeah for this boat is increasing yeah. like exponentially yeah. the longer we are on it and the more work we put into it yeah. um I think we read something the other day about like how your boat takes on, uh, it becomes a spirit of its own and it takes on the energy that you put into it mm. um, and yeah. basically it becomes, do we, I'm not imagining we just had so read something like that, eh? Yeah, but it becomes I, I think most alive. of, uh, I might have been, we were listening to the, podcast, the yeah. no, we were listening to the audio book of um, Joshua Shlokum yeah. of his, uh, sail or first solo sail around the world i mean the first person to do it which uh, i still i think uh, we'll do a podcast about him and yeah. some other sailing heroes we mentioned uh, before um i think it might have been him also i mean the the people always refer to a, a, their boat as she is like it's always a it's never it's mm. i mean i guess maybe people have like like Captains of like a big tanker maybe don't feel the same way, but I guess it is like, I mean, part of it is like traditions and stuff. But mm. like on the other hand, it like although it does make sense, like as you said, like it's it's uh, it has its I mean, and also I mean it has its own soul and character, but it also is like especially the more you sail, the more you go through like like hairy situations, you realize how. <laughs> how you actually owe your life to this boat like this boat is like yeah it's made more than just uh, a means of transportation or a, mm. or a hobby or a house which for us it's, it's all three and and much more but it makes me think of um remember there was uh i can't remember what what format it was but there was a story about um somebody who had to abandon his boat oh yeah and i think yeah, yeah. I mean, we've heard we've heard different stories. I'm not talking about the one from this week. I'm, uh, this was another one. So not not the guy from uh, Schooner Wolf, not the old man and the sea returned to Cuba. Was it that I'm one? I'm not sure, but the, the story. There's, there's the other one. Sorry, okay. I just I remember we also watched uh, um, YouTube of um, I think it was called the Queen's Birthday Storm. 
which was in... Oh, uh, yes, it was that. Like yeah. Uh, somewhere between uh, New Zealand and Fiji, like in that part. And it was a really bad storm that also came quite unexpected. So a lot of boats were caught out and actually one, well, more than one boat. No, one boat, at least one boat was lost and actually one boat, like, well... well all the crew uh, were lost. Also, also yeah. lost. I think there, uh, mm -hmm. one of the people, I think it was the, the French guy who... Yes. Who uh, the French Navy came to uh, rescue him, and he was like, he was holding, he wouldn't let go of the boat. <laughs> he was <laughs> he's like, he's like uh, dude, you have to come onto our <laughs> ship because your boat is sinking. And it's like, no, the boat wasn't sinking. No, no, that's it, the thing. It was no, the just the conditions were really yeah, bad. And yeah, and, and 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 well, the thing is yeah. also, I guess, well, we can get into that whole that thing. Like, I mean, situations like that could do an old podcast about that, but yeah. um, luckily we don't have that much experience. <laughs> don't have any experience with any of those situations and hopefully will never will but no once you you're in the at the point where there's a rescue mission especially i think if it's um i know in the u.s if the coast guard is called out for a mayday and a abandoned ship then it's not your choice anymore then you have to abandon the ship so it might have been like that but the other side of it was like the now the captain of the ship who is rescuing you rescuing you from your boat has to make the decision what to do like the thing is like <laughs> what are you, are you laughing <laughs> i just remember on one of the boats uh the guy that was rescuing remember they were interviewing after him afterwards and he was like speaking french or something yeah. and he was like basically like saying that this woman was like hysterical and she was like wasn't like you remember it yeah. was so funny the way he like verbalized how she was like completely batshit crazy and <laughs> and that yeah. he just was like struggling to get her to leave the boat but anyway yeah, yeah, i think it might have been the same story and someone else but this one guy me. i remember he like left a note or something on his boat to say like my love or something i hope we'll meet again or, or, yeah. or something to that effect like he was so attached to his boat he didn't actually want to leave it but well, it was the, a matter of yeah well the thing was one thing is to leave your boat the other thing is like so the 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 person in charge of the rescue mission had to make the call is like if we just take the people off the boat and let the boat just go on mm. it will it probably won't sink but it now becomes a hazard to other boats because now you've got a boat just floating in the ocean so mm. that, that's why often when they rescue people and a boat hasn't sunk yet they'll actually sink, sink it on purpose yeah. on purpose on purpose um because otherwise it becomes a hazard and you could lose other boats. I think it was a situation yes, like it that. It was like that, but I think that he somehow managed to convince them yeah. not to sink his boat. And, and yeah. So what they sorry, what they did is they they sent out um, a navigational warning so that mm. all the other boats in the vicinity knew that this boat was there. They knew where it was and which direction it was probably going. So it, they it could avoid co colliding avoid with that boat. It, yeah. yeah. But he did, I remember in the end he found his boat again, remember? Yeah. Yeah, and she was Still whole. Yeah. yeah. So there was yeah. a little bit of a love story in that. Yeah, yeah, but I, it, it was funny that he seemed more concerned about his boat than yeah. his wife who was also <laughs> on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I guess he knew his wife was going to be fine because she was rescued. <laughs> his boat on the other hand. And especially, I mean, a lot, lot of people who sail boats, like, they, they might have built this boat themselves or they've mm. sailed this boat. Like, I mean, yeah, it, it becomes, like, yeah, it becomes so, it becomes a person, like, and that's like, yeah, 
to now, like it's it's like, I don't know, in a hospital having to make the call is like, are we gonna keep this <laughs> person mm-hmm. in suspended animation or we're gonna just pull the plug anyway? I think yeah. Sorry, I'm just also thinking like about the subject of this podcast. Like, I think I, I also had the idea that it would be more like arriving at uh, tropical and exotic destinations mm. and like uh, co- um, coconut mm. drinking out of coconut and stuff like that, and less like hands-on, mm. um, get, like really getting your hands dirty and mm. getting to know the boat. Like I thought the yeah. boat would just magically ar- get you to the place that you wanted to go. Mm. So that was also something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It reminds me, I think it was uh, Ralph uh, who we actually, we did our competent crew course, which is the first course you do mm-hmm. as you learn to not just to sail, but how to be crew and and eventually skipper your own boat on the ocean. Uh, he said this, and it's, he hasn't invented it. It's like people have heard it m- many times since, but he was the first time one to say it. Like cruising is um, fixing up your boat in exotic uh, mm-hmm. locations, and it's like, oh wow, actually that is like <laughs> that. I mean, not that this is very exotic, but <laughs> I guess it is exotic. We sailed sailed all the way here and now we're fixing up our boat and it's like actually i mean it's 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 kind of a joke but on the other hand it is the reality of it and i guess i guess that's one thing like yeah the cruising is like it's it's hard much more harder work than you would think and on the other hand it's less hard work than you might have think yeah like i, I guess if you just watch the most of the youtube channels it looks like you just like magically arrive at this this uh, anchorage where it's just like sun and and nice weather the whole time and like you don't see the whole part in between or if you see parts in between it's only the, the beautiful sailing because it's like really hard like you don't have time to film it and <laughs> you won't uh, that won't make it into the, the youtube clip yeah. um so definitely that part of it i guess also when we did our first passage is like I mean, the thing is with a passage, like, so doing a long sail, like, from, like, multiple days, on the one hand, it sounds very scary, but on the other hand, when you're in it, it's just, like, you're just still sailing, and you're just sailing for much longer, and you have to keep track of where you're going, and you have to sail through the night, but, so it is, it is hard, but it's also, it's not as hard as you would, as I would have imagined. No, because a lot of time, you're actually not doing anything. No, you're just keeping watch. That's why they call it a watch, you basically just keeping an eye watching like what's happening but you don't have to actually do anything because your boat is on either autopilot or, or wind vane steering or whatever you you're not actually actively steering you're not yeah. you don't have to you stay on the same course for sometimes for days uh or weeks so that's definitely part of it um the other thing is when you in the beginning you talked about yacht clubs i remember as i came to cape town which is like now oh, about 10 years ago i came to cape town and like you you land in Cape Town and the, as you land you see the whole bay and you see like you see that like Cape Town is like a harbor town I mean it is that's how Cape Town became the city it is because it was a, a, a stop for the the boats coming from Europe and especially the Netherlands to uh, east to the east but um, I guess it's like yeah, it's such a big part of Cape Town that it's like 
as I was like settling in here or like making a life here, like that dream that I've always had of like one day sailing on the road. I think I might have been the first or one of the first times I arrived. I was just imagining like doing the same thing, sailing from Belgium where I'm from and sailing all the way here and just arriving here. I thought like how amazing, amazing that would be. And then I guess I didn't do anything with it for a long time. And people told me like, no, you can just on Wednesdays go to the Royal Cape. They always do their races and they're always looking for crew. And pe different people have told me that, people who've done it. And I don't even know why I never did it. I guess there was, there was that hesitation of like, yeah, I don't know. It's like just, I guess you have this idea of what it's like also racing. And also, I don't know, I guess, I guess I was a bit, it didn't sound like my kind of thing. And the funny thing is, eventually we did uh, sail the Wednesday races, but on our own boat, and we actually took crew because we, we we needed people to help us. So it's like we ended up doing it, but then on our own boat, instead of actually the most easy way to get into sailing when you're in Cape Town. And I think a lot of places do the Wednesday races, but it's very big in in Cape Town in Royal Cape. Um, it's the most easy way to get into sailing without having to own a boat, without even being a member of a yacht club. But also it's a great way to experience, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I racing is, is like, it's, it's different than regular sailing, but it's like a bit like, it's the heightened sense of like sailing. It's like the, the exciting part of it. Yeah, I think, like I think, because uh, since we're talking about it, I think for me, I think I probably would have still have preferred to learn on somebody else's boat. Mm. And I think I probably would have preferred to have had some time crewing on other people's boats mm. just to like gain more confidence in the beginning because obviously there was like a bit of a beginning, like beginner's phase where yeah. I felt completely well, out of my depth. And how, how it happened for us is like we, like and that, that's a story we hear more often, like that people at some point in their life just say like actually let's just do this, let's not do this like one day in the future, let's just buy a boat and start sailing. And that was for us like a combination of my father dying of a heart attack very unexpectedly and uh, COVID. COVID happening yeah. just made like those realizations that like the plans you make for the future like... Aren't guaranteed, yeah. Yeah, it's not guaranteed that you'll ever make it yeah. to that point. So like, let's do it now. So we've actually bought a boat with very little experience. I mean, we just... I had never like even been on a sailboat before. Uh, and I hadn't sailed since I was, like, I think 16 or something. Um, like, my well, 40s now. So it's been, it has been a long, long time. And I never sailed on a sailing yacht. And, like, anyway. So we kind of jumped in. Uh, I had this idea of Royal Cape. And I think I was, at some point, as I was in, like, settling down in Cape Town and realizing, like, actually, maybe... I want, like that was before Kay and I met also, maybe I want like a place of my own instead of like renting and then it's like, well, I can't afford um, a house, but there are sailboats for sale. So maybe you should just like buy a boat and live on it. I'm very glad I didn't back then because I, I think it would have probably turned me off of this lifestyle forever if, if you're just living aboard just for it as as it's, uh, as you want to live more cheap it's it's i mean for me i don't think it would have it would have probably crushed the dream i had of like what it's like um but then also around that time i like looked up like 
actually because one of the only places in town or to have a boat is at the Royal Cape and then you read like all the rules they have like oh my god Royal Cape Yacht Club has like the most rules of any club I've ever seen and uh, even for uh, for yacht clubs it's like the rules are pretty there's a lot of rules and they're pretty strict which is qu quite interesting because I mean maybe I mean maybe that's what you think of yacht clubs I mean I, I guess that was my first experience of actually thinking of joining a yacht club it's like wow it really put me out then eventually we bought that boat which was at the Royal Cape Yacht Club and the mooring so the place where the boat is parked where the boat lives was included in I mean we bought the, the mooring also so it didn't make sense to move the boat to anywhere else so we became members of the Royal Cape and actually people were so friendly and it was like was actually much nicer experience mm -hmm. on the other hand since we've learned like been at other yacht clubs and also just overhearing other people like even in Cape Town at the yacht club people complain <laughs> about the number of rules there are <laughs> but actually I've started to appreciate it because no, some places there's far less rules or the rules are not enforced um, consi uh, consistently, consistently. Yeah. and then it kind of turns out that like some people are allowed to do certain things and others aren't so I, I've started, I've gotten more appreciation for uh, how they run the club. And also it's like Royal Cape Yacht Club has been around since forever. I mean, when you, we read, uh, well, we listened to Slocum's book. He talks about stopping at, uh, at Royal Cape, mm. I think. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. he did. Uh, um, talks about it. He's stopped there. Like all the great sailors have stopped there at some point. It's like, it's such a like there's so much history and then you arrive there and it's actually just a club where like people are like it's a business it's run as a business with a restaurant and a, 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 a not a boatyard but like they call it the hard which is basically when you lift your boat out of the water to do work on it so there's a lot of things like work being done there's a lot of boats that are there and they organize a lot of things like sailing but it's like it's yeah it's a community and it's mm. also a business but the community seems to be a very big part of it even though there are so many rules uh you also notice which rules uh, like are not like you can kind of get away with i guess the one rule which bothered us the most was that our little dog coco was not allowed at the yeah uh, well in theory she's not allowed in the club but they wouldn't stop us from taking a, her on the boat but like she can't be in the restaurant she wasn't allowed and we got in trouble like a few times actually many times yeah that's not okay like children are way noisier than our <laughs> little dog yeah like well <laughs> we can get into a whole tangent about that but yeah but that is the rule so yeah. it's like okay uh so i guess there's one thing like the rules like was not what i expected but on the other hand maybe what i was expecting yeah. uh i guess also just how different different clubs are because we've now spent a lot of time at royal cape we spend a lot of time at the hard bay yacht club and now we're spending a lot of time with walvis bay yacht Literate. club Ludwich, we spend a little bit yeah. of time. Oh, we spend Port Owen and all of that. Yeah, but yeah, we've seen a few. Yeah, so we have seen a few different mm. clubs. Uh, we didn't stop in Saldana Yacht Club because we went. Yeah, when we were in Saldana, we went to somewhere else. We couldn't stop in Hard Bay. Uh, no, Hard Bay. Um, Langaban Yacht mm. Club because they all it's they're not open. Only. Members only. You're not even allowed to go there. So not even allowed to go to the restaurant there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we've we've. We've experienced lots of different clubs and how different they are. And I mean, we quite like Walvis Bay Yacht Club, although the main part of it is the restaurant, which is like 
even the people at the restaurant, like, I mean, they work at the restaurant and they ask us all these questions about yachting and sailing and like they're actually surprised when they we live on the boat it's like okay well it's interesting you work at the yacht club yeah. and it's like because it's most people who come here are, are are not members of the yacht club mm -hmm. or don't have a sailboat but anyway it's a, a really i mean it's a nice club it's it's I mean, a nice vibe i feel like velvet bay is my favorite mm. of all the ones you've been, been to until now because yeah. it's very relaxed yeah yeah and they're, they're like they take care i mean mm. There's like definitely a sense of like I guess because they they mainly cater for visiting yachts, and Antoinette is like does her best to like welcome every I mean make sure you like settle in like she helps you to get through customs and uh, all those things so definitely yeah but it's mm. it's it's quite interesting how different it is from the other clubs we've been at yeah um, I think because we spent so much time at Hard Day, I think we should, and we had a, a I think we should do a, a separate podcast yeah. about Hard Day, not mm. just about the Yacht Club, but how Hard Day is as a cruising destination. Because I guess that's the thing. Like also, we we spent we we were liveaboard for six months in Hard Day, which was actually not our first plan. We wanted to move onto the boat and start sailing, but then we ended up spending a whole winter there. Mm which turned out to be like really lovely we've met so many people who now are cruising or are getting ready to cruise which who we wouldn't have met otherwise um so yeah on the one hand when we were liverboards there it seemed like it was so distant from the cruising but now that we are cruising it's actually that is kind of like mm -hmm. in between <laughs> sailing from place to place that that's what it is you're living on your boat and it's actually not that different if that place is where the place you <laughs> you you started off mm. or if it's along the way um which i guess brings us also to the difference between liverboards and cruisers which according to some there is <laughs> a huge difference yeah, we, um, i feel like that's a whole <laughs> podcast episode of it's on its own but like yeah anyway there, there isn't that much difference on the one on the one hand and on the other hand there kind of is but there's like definitely a lot of overlap but yeah, we, as as usually in our podcast, we're going a bit all over I, the but place. But I suppose that is like something that that was also like how we thought it would be versus how it was. Mm. Is that we thought it would be, you know, like you you're you're gonna be cruising on your boat, but there will be periods of living on your boat. And so when we went to Hot Bay, we went there specifically because we knew that other people were living on their boats for and a number of years. And that it was allowed, actually. That it was allowed. Well, that that's what we were told. And that there were pets on boats and stuff like that. So, and then that turned out to be completely different as well. But we'll elaborate more on that. Yeah, there's a whole episode on that. Yeah, I think which is probably actually people need to know, not just about that particular bay, but that's about in general what the vibe is or how you might be viewed yeah uh, as well, someone both, who lives on your boat yeah both yeah. by people in in our in the case of hard bay i mean we'll we don't want to be cryptic about it uh <laughs> i think we, yeah. like as like we said there's a whole episode about that but basically as we just as we started living there a new um committee took over uh as um well commodore which is the name of of the basically president of the yacht club they call him commodore um and vice commodores who uh made it one of their missions to get rid of the liverboards and as we said like actually it was known like that's what everyone told us like at hard bay was the only place in cape town and i think even maybe in 
like well South Africa or the first Jeffrey's Bay, yeah. yeah where where you're actually allowed to live on your boat and uh, they decided that that's no no longer that's not what they want to be anyway this if uh, it's 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 we've we've moved along <laughs> enough uh, now for it not to be like as like uh, as sensitive uh, topic anymore, but it's still it's still like, it was an, an, it was not a nice experience. And yeah. I guess brings us back to different clubs. Like some clubs, you feel very welcome, and and either if you're a member or not, because um, most places if you stay somewhere, you actually have to become you you automatically become temporary member. It could be even just for one day if you're only staying for one night. Um, but you are a member of the yacht club, and a lot of places where we visited, we were very welcomed by the people, and like especially when you do go to the bar, everyone's like, "Oh, where are you from?" And like, like people are interested in, in your story because you sailed from somewhere else to their club, so they would feel like they want to welcome you and they want to hear your story. And and how they when we first arrived there, I think we did feel that way, mm -hmm. but then it kind of turned a bit sour but now looking back at it I'm, I don't have any bad feelings and I would say if you are listening to this podcast and you're sailing yourself uh, if you're coming past Cape Town definitely stop in Hard Bay I would say I think it's a much nicer stop than Royal Cape just as the environment just Hard Bay as a place because Royal Cape is is it's for me it's like we st I'm still a member of Royal Cape because for one reason is that they've They've got reciprocity with so many clubs like Walvis Bay, so I'm automatically a member in Walvis Bay now. Also, because they've got an agreement that if you're part of this club, you're also part of that club, uh, which was one of the reasons I stayed member of Royal Cape, even though we're not there anymore. The other reason is because it feels for, to me there's so much history in that club that it does feel like, and it's the first sailing club we were, I mean, place we sailed, so it feels close to me. Uh, what's my point? No. Um, Hard Bay Yacht Club, we were members when we were staying there. Now, uh, this year, we decided not to be members anymore. First of all, because I don't feel like, even if we do come back, it doesn't feel like we would be welcome there anymore. Because we we were seen as liverboards, or we were seen as liverboards. Yeah, just to be like, I think we need to clarify that we were not the only ones that they No, no, we were, we were, actually, we were one of the newer ones to arrive there. And Some people have been living on their boats for like oh. eleven years, yeah. um, and, and uh, three years, like that, like long, long time. And now they were told. And it was basically they were told within three months that they have to make alternative plans. Which apparently it's always been in the in the rules of the club that you can stay only for three months. But the funny thing is, as as the new um, people became like head of the club, there the. They made. I mean, they, they start to enforce all these rules. At that point, we hadn't even been living on our boat for three months. So we like, it's like actually, why are you like giving us a hard time and making us sound as if we're criminals, uh, breaking the rules? Because we actually, we we're following all your rules. Anyway, it's yeah. I think I think like the main point that mm -hmm. we might want to drive is the yacht club as uh, as, as an organization. As an organization is less than uh, welcoming to liverboards they try to be to cruisers but yeah. uh, for me it's like also i guess it's a point like yeah. they make this distinction between liverboards and cruisers which have as we've listened to podcasts and read books mm. and uh, apparently in a lot of places happens and liverboards are the bad people cruisers are the good people yeah. but it's but like it's it's such a 
I mean, as a cruiser, you are living on your boat. So the difference, I guess, that most clubs make are liverboards of people who live on their boat and never move the boat, whereas cruisers live on their boat, but they move from place to place. But it's like, it's a bit of an artificial, like, divide, because it's like, what then, when do you become a liverboard, according to Harbe Yacht Club, once you stay for more than three months. But it's like, so you're basically telling that you don't want people to feel like they can stay longer okay i think we're anyway. running away with this now yeah anyway like, i think what what i want to say i think what demi was trying to say is that the club is not we it's no it's not the nicest club it's not the nicest club the facilities are not even that great but what is nice about hot bay is hot bay itself so the, the that, is, that itself is worth going to the hot bay yacht well mooring at the hot bay yacht club which is also the only option because you could in theory anchor in the bay but it's very exposed and uh, i don't think it would be nice uh won't be, it won't be comfortable at yeah. all yeah but the other thing is hard bay the harbor is actually a fishing harbor apparently mm. it's the biggest fishing harbor in uh the whole of south africa and the, the yacht club is in the middle of like basically fishing harbor which also gives it as a completely it's a working harbor uh, which also gives it a, a complete separate vibe, which also has its good sides and its bad sides. But again, we'll we will get into that at some point. But Kay was saying something. <laughs> we, get, we get at that point again where I'm interrupting her and she loses her train of thought and then she gives me the no, evil eye. No, it's not that. <laughs> I think for, you were saying like you're not holding any bad feelings. And, and then it turns out actually. Else. But what I want to say is, Harpe is a lovely little town, and yeah. there's like it's really beautiful. You can walk everywhere from the yacht club, and I think it's definitely worth going yeah. to see. I mean, you've got Chap Chappie's Peak there, you've got the Chapman's hikes, Peak, yeah. yeah, which is like if you come to Cape Town, if you read like things to do or places to see in Cape Town, it's always yeah. in the top five. Yeah, and basically, if you're in the, in the yacht club, you're literally looking straight at the mountain. Chapman's Peak, yeah. like it's. It is a really special place, and I guess that's the thing, maybe, again, to come back to the actual yeah. theme of our podcast, yeah. the difference between, like, actually, we, we felt like we lived in Hard Bay, we felt mm. like locals, and now we're in Wolfis Bay, we feel same the same, thing, we've yeah. spent three months here, but we actually are locals now, because yeah. we live here, we're not, I mean, we're only staying here temporarily, but we're not, like, we're not staying in a hotel, or in, like, we actually live here, in our like, so it, it is, like, and I guess that's the other thing maybe to also come back at like the difference between what we expect it to be and what it is we i always thought we'd sail somewhere we'd stay there for a few days or a few weeks mm. now it turns out wasn't completely intentional that we stayed to well it's almost three months now mm. here but it does feel like that is closer to what we want to be doing that we want to yeah. stay like somewhere long enough to feel like you actually get to know the place yeah so that's definitely a difference between expectations and, I mean, that's more to bring it back to cruising. I mean, cruising, I guess it, it, it seems like this this big thing, which either is like super luxurious and super like, wow, only good things, or for other people it might seem like the most dangerous, most dangerous yeah. and most scary thing, which is maybe one of the reasons we're making this podcast, because a lot of our friends and family I know are like worried about us yeah. which is we appreciate that but mm -hmm. like actually it is not that scary it's not no. it's like there are scary parts of it but like anything you do there's gonna be things that are like yeah unexpected mm -hmm. anyway so cruising on the one hand it's easier than you would think and it's m might be harder than you think but it's mm -hmm. actually it's just like with anything like once you're in it 
it actually is just what you're doing and I mean I wouldn't recommend anyone to just do it without um, any idea of what you're getting into or without doing a, a, like some research or like reading and, and learning about it but I guess the other thing as we were yeah. talking about doing this podcast this episode I guess the thing I've also learned is like I'm I'll I'm I'm a reader. I like I love to read books, and I've, mm. we've got so many books about sailing, and I haven't even read all of them. And I've learned a lot from them. But on the other hand, like there's nothing like you can only learn mm. things by to doing it. Even yeah. even doing a course doesn't. I mean, doesn't pay you for every. Yeah. Plus, also yeah. in a course, whoever the instructor will tell you how they do it, yeah. and they'll if it's a good instructor, it will be good uh, good advice, but that's probably not how you will do it because again like you're in a different boat you're a different person you like whatever so uh, i guess the thing is like you really can only learn it by doing it and i guess that's sort of the difference between reading about mm -hmm. about sailing and cruising you actually only the only way to do it is by doing it but i think uh, something that's also very interesting that's uh, happened <laughs> to me because mm. <laughs> i think you already had it in you was like that's like I also thought that sailing was an action to get an end result, like, mm. which is the destination. But like now I'm starting to feel like I'm enjoying reading more sailing, sailing related uh, books. I'm enjoying watching YouTube videos of other sailors. So it's basically like, it's, you become it. Mm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I feel like I'm becoming a sailor, a sailor. <laughs> yeah. But like, not just like superficially, like a really, really, yeah. It's part it. of who you are also. Yeah. It becomes Which I part did of not who you are. At all. Mm. Yeah. I guess I've always felt like a sailor and I've as like uh, uh, mentioned briefly before, like I sailed a bit as a teenager and so I'd been around sailors and like so I'd, I'd but which was like inland sailing in Belgium like once or twice in on, on the North Sea uh, North Sea. Mm. Um but like never like always on, on small dinghies so like often open boats like very small boats not not boats you can live on but i guess i did i mean i, I always remember maybe i should tell the story of like um yeah how i got into sailing like i always had interest in it also my parents had been sailing before uh i was born i'm like the oldest of two i've got a younger sister two years younger i think they might have still been sailing when i was born but anyway they had a, a small sailboat uh, uh, I think it was called Piaf, like Edith Piaf, which is a, a musician. No, yeah, but uh, Edith, Edith Piaf. Yeah. But Piaf is is a um, it's a bird. What, what's what's French for um, what is it like a small boat bird? Like a little sparrow. Yeah, not a yeah. I, I forget. I'll, I'll have to look it up. Anyway, yeah. uh, a, a relatively small boat, like definitely not not a liveaboard boat, but uh, it, it had been sitting in our our garden as long as I know. So my sister and i we would play on the boat and play we were like but like it's only later that i like really got into sailing and then like doing a few like courses and, and camps and, and like um and then it's like okay what about this boat now i asked my dad like if i fix it up can i use it or can it be my boat so i fixed up the boat like i i sanded it down i like painted it again and then we found somewhere to take the boat to like because it's like now you have to have water, a water yeah. and like <laughs> yeah. we're living in Belgium like about 
well, two hours drive from the the sea, so it's not an option to sail. Also, the boat was was not like you, it wasn't feasible with that boat to sail on the on the sea, even the North Sea, which is kind of like not open ocean. So we had there was like we went to a few yacht, uh, local clubs, sailing clubs, which weren't yacht clubs, but like sailing clubs, and to find the one where we could go. And I think one of them, the people there, either, either it was at one of the sailing clubs or I think it was when I was getting stuff for the boat. It was like, oh yeah, no, they also had uh, windsurfers. Like the, the shop was catering both to windsurfers and sailors. And he said like, yeah, no, the difference between windsurfers and sailors, sailors will always fix something and they'll find a plan to make something. Windsurfers will just kind of like, if something breaks, they just have to buy a new mm. thing. or like, And it's like, uh, now as, as I'm doing this, it's like, oh, now it makes way more sense. Because <laughs> if you're like on a lake or somewhere, you can always go to land and, and fix something. But like when you're in the middle of the ocean, there's it's a different state of mind like mm -hmm. you have you have to be very independent you have to know what you're doing and if, even if you don't know what you're doing you have to figure it out because there's no calling for help and i guess that's the other part like mm -hmm. um i think it was, was one of our friends who asked or uh, it was chantal's dad i think who mm -hmm. asked like what if you're in the middle of the ocean and something goes wrong can you call for help it's like well yes and no we have the the, the means technology to call for help but if you're in the middle of the ocean it's gonna take at least days probably weeks for someone to get to you and also they're not gonna send help because now a small part of your boat is broken and and it needs to be fixed you, you can't just call for help and get someone to 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 fix it for you so in in an emergency like if you're really your ship is going down and someone will come to you but I mean, they will divert someone to you, mm -hmm. but it'll, it could take days. So yeah, you really have to be on your own. Mm -hmm. You really have to know what you're doing, uh, which is, I guess, the scary part. Well, like even if you don't know what you're doing, you, you have you to have figure that. You have to be willing to yeah, figure well, it out. Yeah. Well, if you're not willing to, then like basically you're just telling, giving up on life because it could mean that you like mm -hmm. just. I mean, no, you have to figure it out. Unless it, I mean, all 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 band your boat, right? Well, even then, if you abandon your boats, you're just floating. You're even in a worse situation because now you're floating in a little life raft, and like now you're just waiting for someone to pick you up, which could take days, which makes it all sound way scarier than it is. No, I guess the the, the thing I wanted to take away from that is like actually, it's not as scary because you. I mean, it just puts you in touch with something you've always been able to do, probably, but maybe you've never been never needed to or you didn't even know and i guess that's where we're at now with mm. fixing up things on our boats it's like actually we do know more than we we give ourselves credit for and i guess that's i mean that's what you're saying you're becoming a sailor now feeling like a sailor that's what mm. being a sailor is it's not just sailing a boat it's a whole yeah just doing things like not 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 waiting for other people to Save you. Save you, or even tell you what to do, because I guess that brings us back to like what we were talking about in the beginning. Like a lot of sailors have like very strong opinions, which I think comes from <laughs> sailing. But like that's the thing. Like once you've heard enough opinions, you'll realize like you can't tr like listen to any opinion because they're not gonna be the ones to save you when you're mm. in the middle of the ocean. Even though we have like we have some people. I mean. Who, who can call and who, whose advice we can ask they could tell you what to do but it's still you who has to do it they can't do it for you and in the end it's also up to you to make that decision in that 
situation, what is the right thing to do? Am I, did I make it mo sound more scary than it is? No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh. well, for our friends and family <laughs> listening, we do know what we're doing, and we're not gonna, we're not gonna die. <laughs> Famous <laughs> last words. Why can't you say the word? <laughs> or sink our boat, or. But like one thing I want to add, just for more peace of mind for our friends and family, is that, um, and I hope that this is real because I've seen it on <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> It's like if you have a situation on your boat that you are struggling with that's not life-threatening, you can call, uh, is it a pan-pan? Oh yeah, which is what we did yeah. when, we had our, when we did our passage, so yes. we talked about that in the episodes for and, passages. And somebody may be available on the other side of that to give you advice, yeah, a yeah, lending no. hand to guide you in yeah, some way course, or another. Yeah, of course, of course. That also applies to medical emergencies. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, there, so there is. There there is, you're not completely on your own. And also, well, yeah. compared to, we're reading a lot of uh, books uh, about people who've been, who were cruising mm. in the 60s, 70s, even 80s, you didn't have satellite, you didn't even mm. have GPS. You didn't have all these communications and people, I guess maybe that's where like the spirit of sailing is still like you're supposed to be able to do all these things yourself because mm. there wasn't really a way to contact people. Now it's yeah. actually become much easier. And I mean, if we are in an emergency, we message someone and they'll know exactly where we are. And if we do need help, they will, I mean, there's, well, sea rescue is like, uh, like so much, I mean, respect for those people who are like mm -hmm. there are people who who i mean it, it, ha it happens we were just reading an an article i read it uh, a couple of days ago about that actually got sunk by a whale basically. Yeah, yeah there was well it's always hard to know what exactly happened even for the people on board but uh it seems like oh that's what they think happened uh, there was hit, a whale hit them or they hit a whale um and the boat started taking in water very quickly and they, they had to abandon to a life raft, this was in the Pacific Ocean and they were like yeah a couple of days away from like any land mm. um, but because of all the tools, the communication you have on board now including your EPIRB and satellite communications they were able to ask since like they were rescued within 10 hours yeah okay. they were and there was yeah. another boat already on, on its way there so they were like and I guess that's the reality of it today. First of all, there's so many people sailing. There's like a lot of cargo, cargo ships, ships and yeah. like you, ne you are never like it's not like, like I said, like you can be like a week away from anyone, which is very unlikely. There will be other boats nearby, and I mean it's also the rule of the w w uh, the sea is like you have to rescue so uh, mm. come to help someone if they they need help. Um, feels like we're, we're getting into a very <laughs> <laughs> like what to do in the case of an emergency, which was no, totally not the goal of this episode, and it's really not what it's about. I was just gonna go down a different tangent altogether about the the guy whose boat we crashed into when we played oh. anchor, and how I thought he was coming to help us, but he was actually just coming to make sure that we weren't running away. Yeah, he's actually checking in us every day. Oh, anyway, to make yeah, sure we we pay for the damage to his boat. Not so. seamen like. No, but That's he's, all, but anyway. Well, he, yeah, okay. He, he apparently used to be a skipper on, on fishing boats, so he has some experience, but he doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, the way he's acting is 
more like okay this is my boat and like don't touch my precious boat and now you've done something to my boat and i'm like keeping a close eye on you that you don't run away okay and with that we'll end our podcast <laughs> no i think it's too negative <laughs> but we, we i think we like going on a bit now yeah but okay maybe let's bring it back to the okay the, the whole theme bring it back yeah sing it back <laughs> i guess yeah one thing we didn't expect is to spend so much time well we didn't expect to actually spend any time in namibia we expected to be i was actually thinking that we would be in new york by this time which is like wow that's like the other that side was of never the world. gonna happen yeah well was, it could I mean, have happened if, so soon why would we rush there well, we we would have we were planning to start in September, which ended up being oh, December. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if we sailed straight there from when we left, we might have been able to make it. I'm I'm sure there's people who we've come across who started. Um, I was around the same time as us who who did make it there. But no, I guess that it's all much slower than you expected. And, and I think. Yeah. Sorry. No. Also, the other thing is, I guess, what you always hear, like you, yeah. You spend like 90% of your time you spend at anchor or on a mooring and probably less than 10% you spend actually sailing, which is like, yeah, I mean, I'd heard that before, but it's like, it only now starts to make sense. And actually that is the way to do it. Cause if, I mean, for some people it's just about the sailing and they want to get somewhere, but then it's a completely different experience. I think like I wouldn't have chosen to stay here as long. Mm. But I think we needed it <laughs> mm. because it's now now I'm starting to feel like very confident and comfortable and yeah, to, now we feel to continue, you know, we feel ready to leave. Also. Yeah, so it's I think like we needed this time to just like rest. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so maybe to, get, to bring also give an update of where we are, we so almost in our like almost here for three months, which is the limit of our visa. So we have to leave. By 7th of April. 7th of April, the latest. We don't want to leave it till the last day because you never know when you're planning to leave and when you actually can leave. Plus, we have to look for a weather window. So, the plan is to stay here another week, finish up the little jobs and, and things we want to fix or repair on the boat. None of it are essential, but like mm. just things we want to get around to. We want to do a test sail, which we were planning to do today, but I, I was feeling very well. sick yeah. uh, this morning so we, we didn't do it uh, so we will do a test sail to make sure all the things we've repaired on our new um, tiller pilot are all working and then probably in a week from now we'll we'll start looking for the right weather window if it is a week from now exactly that like uh, we're ready and and the weather window is right we could be leaving then usually it's it's always a bit later but mm. we, I think we're like we're talking about like we could be leaving next week which and the whole time we've been here we were i mean we knew we weren't gonna well we were not planning to stay here except at some point we we considered it which is episode <laughs> choices so previous episode we talked a lot about that the choices we made are we going to continue or not uh are we going to stay here or not um but yeah now it's yeah it's uh, it's getting there now. I mean, I'm I'm feeling excited again about I doing am also, a long and passage. I think maybe that's why what the time that we've been here has been right, the right amount of time because 
we weren't feeling that excited before. Like, I think mm. we were, like, all yeah, up in the air, bouncing around. kind of dreading it, which is why we were even doubting if we wanted to yeah. continue. Whereas now it's like, okay, we're we ready. And I think yeah. that's a good, that's the right headspace to yeah. be in. Yeah. And then, on the one hand, looking forward to doing, like, an actual... I mean, we did a proper passage. We did two passages of about five days, which is, like, that's, that's not just a, a night sail. Um, but now we're actually talking about uh, crossing an ocean and doing passages of a uh, few weeks. Mm. Um, so yeah, so the plan is to leave here, sail to St. Helena, which should take us about two weeks, hopefully a little bit less. Spend, well, we'll we don't know how much time we'll spend at St. Helena. We won't be able to tell, say now, but probably not that long, probably a few days instead of a few weeks. Mm -hmm and then continue to Brazil and the plan now is to sail to Recife um, which sounds like yeah I mean I'm actually looking forward to mm. seeing an, a new country I mean St. Helena sounds very exciting and I mean everyone who stopped there says it's like it's an amazing place um, but yeah like Brazil sounds like an actual destination like a, a place and now we've also realized staying spending so much time here that yeah, we'll probably spend at least three months there. I mean, not per se in Recife, but the whole of Brazil, mm -hmm. and just make our way to towards the Caribbean very slowly because we've, we've basically by now we've missed the the gap to sail through the Caribbean. I mean, we're getting very close to hurricane season, which starts in June, June which is a um, little bit over a month from now. So we want to make it to Caribbean and the hurricane. Like we want to be there at the end of hurricane season so that we can make the best of the season that it's safe to sail there, which is winter in the Caribbean, uh, which is from basically from November till May. So that's where we are now. Um, but yeah, we'll keep you updated if you listen to our podcast. So please, if you like it, like we said in the beginning, um, be cool if you subscribe so then you get you hear whenever there's a new episode coming out which is every Friday that's been our goal and we've been able to stick to that uh, so even when we're doing longer passages we'll record a few episodes in advance and release them on the on the Friday so you can expect a new episode every Friday and yeah if you're interested in hearing about all the rest of our adventures Keep listening. Right? Thanks. Yeah. yeah thanks, thanks for listening you. now. And yeah, uh, check out our other episodes. Check out our blog, blog. We've got links to our social media there. We've got the Instagram, mainly Instagram. We've got the Facebook and Twitter, which we're not actually really using. Um, but yeah, check out our blog. Uh, check out the other episodes of our podcast. Uh, and yeah, feel free to let us know what you think. Give us any feedback you have. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Bye.